Hey guys, and welcome to the second episode of Real Talk. You're here with Jack Delaney and the guy who just like told me that it's our third, but it's actually <laughs> our second because the last one before that didn't record. Ah. Um, you've also got Bailey here since he's not talking. Um, so yeah, so tonight today we're going to be talking about. We had a um, a comment on our last podcast about the squat and just some. Uh, areas around warming up, programming, um, muscles that you should be targeting. And then um, we've had a question in relation to improving the deadlift. And now basically what you've got here is you've got two coaches. I'm a conventional deadlifter, Bailey's a sumo deadlifter, or what we would also go as cheating. Uh, <laughs> I like cheating. He likes cheating. Um, Likes cheating on his food. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even going to go down that avenue with some other stuff. Um, all right, so, and today we're going to be discussing conventional, right? Um, my best conventional is 260, and Bell's is. 240. 240, was it? Yeah. No, you pulled, did you pull 240? Really? When was that? The Christmas Deadly Was that back in. Nat's gym? No. Here? Yeah. That was sumo. Yeah. I said conventional. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag professional. <laughs> Hashtag listening. Yeah, that's it. So, sorry, so Betty, what's so, your best uh, conventional? It'd be 2.30. 2.30, okay, cool. Um, all right, so now we're back on track. So, you, so we've been, um, like I say, I'm still uh, pulling conventional, but Bailey does have a lot of experience. We still train people in conventional. Um, and, you know, I've got his five ways as to, um, or five ways to improve your conventional deadlift. So the first one I want to touch on is understanding how to breathe and brace. Um, now, I've got written here that we've all seen that meme, um, the one where it looks like the dog's having the shit, and then they just put like a, a lifter next to it, whether it be sumo or conventional, where their lower back or lumbar is just rounded as fuck. Um, and it just, like, if you can't picture that, picture a rounded cat back. So when a cat gets pissed off and it starts hissing at you, that's what some people's like, deadlifts look like. And what that comes down to is not understanding how to breathe and brace. Now, if you've checked out our last podcast, um, we spoke about having a strong trunk um, and torso throughout your movements. So one of the things that you can do to obviously understand how to breathe correctly, breathing into the bottom of your guts, um, is through a um, what we call a dead bug breathing drill. Now, you can find this video on the HQ Instagram page. Um, as well as our YouTube page. We're gonna be posting it up there for you guys to take a look at. But it's so important not only for, um, to make sure that you're not rounding your back, but also for your spine. Now, we all can agree that your spine is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and if it's, if you're trying to lift, you know, 100 kilos, 200 kilos, 300 kilos, whatever it might be, and your like, transverse abdominus and that trunk and everything around it's not, tight and it's not protecting the spine then um, no wonder you're going to have those lower back pains now bells have you ever i'm going to tell a story in a second about my lower back pain but is there anything you wanted to add to that um no i'm not not too much the jack jack's uh said it all that i want to pretty much say that it's it's critical to a good deadlift and um one thing a lot of people do is they train with what's called a lifting belt 
And this is a great tool to use for creating more pressure in your chord. Um, not to get too technical, but sometimes that can actually hinder your long-term success, I believe, just because you don't want to get to the age of 50 or 60 and not even be able to turn your core on without wearing some sort of brace around you. So um, bracing is so important. I think it's good to get a foundation without a belt as much as it is with a belt. So, yeah, and then that's just, I'm, I'm gonna actually stick with that story because, it'll, you know, I can waffle on because I love my voice that much. Um, but we just, uh, with understanding how to breathe and brace, um, it's really important to understand that it is the bridge, like the spinal cord and the torso is the bridge between the lower body and the upper body. Um, and what you're looking to do is make sure you're breathing deeply into your stomach. Um, think of like a full 360 expansion. Uh, another cue is, you know, breathing into your lower back. So you're breathing real deeply. Um, as w and then you're looking to expand the stomach and expand like through the diaphragm as well. Uh, tense in the abs, like someone's gonna hit you in it. And then bracing as hard as you can. Um, and holding that throughout the full movement. That is up and down. And then if you need to reset, do so. So that's number one of being able to um, improve your deadlift is if you're not already or if you don't already know how to um, breathe and brace then obviously take those tips and roll with it so the next one is finding a position that best suits you and not everyone else now this is really good because do you remember when we first started training deadlifts mm. how different you all set up when you're conventional to when it when you first started oh yeah absolutely yeah my position changed uh crazily from when I first started uh, deadlifting even after the next oh, not even three months when I um, ended up going from like a, I think it was around a 150 conventional deadlift to a 200 and even though I just did a lot of proper training I think that came down to a lot of just finding a better position for myself and my body yeah, like um, the a something I heard from uh, Luke Poley, put about a year ago was that you know he said to me at that time I think I deadlifted two forty, um, and he said to me and you know I'm chasing the three hundred and he said to me you won't be deadlifting three hundred the same way as you deadlift two forty. There are going to have to be changes in your stance and your technique because you know if. If you're like myself who is continually trying to gain muscle, I'm gonna be getting a bit heavier. I'm trying to lose body fat as well, but I'm gonna be getting heavier. Um, and there's gonna be new, like my stance has changed up since I got my lower back injury. I got a low back injury in 2016. Um, it stopped me from deadlifting for about three months. And that, be, that reason for that was because I wasn't breathing and bracing correctly. And then I ended up doing something around my SIJ. Um, got a lot of um, um, what's, the, what's the nerve? What's the nerve? What's that? Like sciatic nerve. That's it. I used to get a lot of sciatic nerve pain when I was deadlifting. So I had to bring my feet in a little closer, slightly externally rotate them a little bit more. I have to now build a hell of a lot of tension in my hamstrings and glutes as I go to grab the bar, and I have to breathe, you know, breathe and brace correctly. Make sure my lats are on. Um, and I've got to be real explosive before I come off the floor, um, just like anyone would want to be. But throughout that, after that lower back pain, that was my cue to switch on my deadlifts because 
I just know I wasn't going to get any further. And then between, I think it was like, I think it was only about three months, I went from a 240 to a 260. Um, and a lot of that comes down to making sure that I found the position that was right for me, not shit I see on the internet, or not even shit I see on the internet, actually fantastic lifters that I see on the internet, still conventional deadlifting, but it might not just be right for me. Mm. Anything you want to add to that, Bells? No. no? That's, that's, that's so covered. Just quickly on just finding a position, just some action tips for you guys. I've just listed them out here. Um, some things where you, these, this is just a starting foundation for you guys to go with um, is making sure you're hinging your hips back and they are there in a position where you can feel your hamstrings loaded. Um, breathe deeply into your guts and brace. You're looking to pull your shoulder blade back into uh, to your back pockets, but making sure you're loading your lats and your shoulders should be perpendicular to the bar. So that's the first three. Number four, pull the bar right up against your shins and keep it touching your legs um, from start to finish. So you often see some people as they try to pull the bar off the floor, the bar sh like shifts out away from their um, their legs a little bit, so it takes it further away from the body, which obviously causes more like tension to run through the lower back, uh, making sure that you're pulling it, the bar up against your shins and right up against your quads, dragging it up against the quads. This is the cue that I usually give people. Make sure it doesn't fly out in front of you. Um, and then you're looking to, as you're pulling the bar, you're looking to pull it back and up. So that will make sure it runs in a straight line and making sure you're using a lot of your posterior to pull the bar um, and it keeps you in a good position from there. And then you just repeat. Um, so take those take those cues. That one there is for finding your position that's right for you and not everyone else. Else, do you want to start on number three? So number three, we have keeping the sets higher than the reps. <clears throat> so when it comes to um, not just conventional deadlifting, but uh, any sort of deadlifting, even if you're a sumo as well, um, it's it sometimes can be uh, a massive thing that people don't realize that a lot of people aren't good at volume and a lot of the time we are, people just think of that, that they just, since they can't do volume, that they won't even try to do it. So what we inevitably try to do is just Excellent. stop, it's just, uh, we just, we just stop trying altogether, but what we should be doing is starting to pick up the sets, lower the reps, we still can get our volume in, it's just a, what's the best way to put it? We, we still need to get our volume in in the right way. Number of total reps? Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about number of total yeah. reps. So we, let's say you're coming into a session and you look at your program and you have four sets of eight reps there. Even that can be pretty cool. Some coaches like myself like to give that. <laughs> mm. And um, let's say you're just not, you're not strong in volume. So what would you do if you needed to, what would you do if you needed to still hit the session but you can't hit those reps for that way? The first thing you're, that should be on your mind is increasing the set straight away and still trying to get those total reps done because it, it matters greatly that we still get that amount of weight that we have uh, on the bar done for the amount of reps that are programmed for, and you can get around missing some of the volume by trying to get it into three or four sets mm. by extending it to even to the extent of six to eight sets. Six to eight sets, yeah. Yeah, I think, and, and just going off what Betty was saying there is, 
When you're a novice to intermediate lifter, um, and this still does apply for the advanced as well, but I'm just going to go on novice to intermediate lifters or people who have been in, you know, been training for a while now, but um, are learning to, you know, change their position on a deadlift or trying to hit new numbers is there is a fuck ton to learn when you're when you're trying to learn a deadlift because it's such a complex movement so the last thing you want to do is try to get someone you know teach someone how to engage their lats and breathe quickly and get in the right position and your feet should be here and your chest should be here and you know grind the bar up and get your glutes through at the knees um and then telling them that you know that they've got eight to twelve reps and trying to do that and trying to maintain that position for so long. So what we would, especially the methodology that we promote here is, um, if you're looking to get your reps in, like let's say you've got a total of twenty reps, there's nothing wrong with breaking it down into you know four sets of five or five sets of four if my maths is mm-hmm. correct there, um, and just focusing on just if if it's breathing and bracing or speed off the floor or whatever it might be, keep the reps low and just bang them out. Um, from there, you're still going to get your overall um, sets. Uh, sorry, the total number of reps in. Um, you might even be able to put the weight up, which is you know even better. Um, but also, just it reduces the chances of injury. You can the, the lifter can just make sure they're focusing on one to two things for just four reps, um, and there's just no confusion because you know, it can be real off-putting when you're you know you're five reps in, you know you've got another fucking five to go rather than just you know just hitting a fourth and then if you want to if you want to get a few extra reps in possibly drop the weight or keep the rep the weight at the same and then just go for a one max set right at the end just mm-hmm. to get a little bit of volume just before you finish up so yeah the whole keep your sets higher than your reps is fa- fantastic for someone that's looking to learn or if you've got you know 80 to 90 um, plus percent on the bar don't be trying to hit you know 80% of your one rep max for 10 reps yeah. or 90% of your one rep max for 10 reps. So in the 90%, you should be going for, you know, maximum five, maximum yeah. five. It's not like average is about three, around that sort of 80%, you know, up to six reps. And then you can maybe throw a max set in at the end to see what you can hit for that 80%. But keeping your sets higher than your reps is a fantastic way to avoid injury, making sure that your positioning's on point um, and actually moving more total weight throughout the session. That's just being smart guys yeah you like like Jack just covered like you don't want to obviously be trying to hurt yourself from a lack of positioning just because you're trying to hit the reps that are intended on your uh, yeah the reps that are intended on your program when you could just be extending out the sets a little bit um, this is not CrossFit. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, yeah just need to make that clear it's yeah. not CrossFit. Um, so number four Know what accessories will strengthen your weaknesses and what exercises will enhance your strengths. Um, Now just quickly on that, this one's real huge because again, going back to novice to intermediates or someone who's been training for, you know, could could be two or three years, but they haven't touched deadlifts because they've hurt their back or, um, you know, or they don't know what to do and all this sort of stuff. Read his tone. Yeah, read my tone (laughs) there, go find a fucking coach. Um, But actually, you got, I'm not even gonna go there. Um, So yeah, you know, not a lot of people understand the um, anatomy of the human body and you know what muscle groups they're starting to you know they're meant to be hitting they just lift to get big they lift for a little bit they get bigger they do it more they get bigger until the time comes where they don't get any bigger because they're doing the same stuff or they're not hitting the muscle groups that they should be so in saying that some of the muscles that you want to make sure they are strong as fuck in the conventional deadlifts are your glutes hamstrings lats traps and core 
Now, let's say you hit a big, a um, you know, an 80% for your deadlift. You can then go an accessory lift, which should be similar to the overall movement. So the conventional deadlift here, you might go for a straight leg deadlift or Romanian deadlift or something that's hip hingey, some good morning, some GHR, back extensions. Sing, um, you, won't, no, you don't need single leg work as your secondary, but some of those there, especially you know deficit deadlifts, um, your Romanians and your straight leg deadlifts are all great secondary exercises to um, put after your deadlift because it's working that same movement pattern, but you might just be looking for more of a, like a hypertrophy to build the muscle or um, just to run over the movement pattern again and again and again to make sure that you're loading the right muscles. Mm. I, th I don't think I took one breath there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to touch on a little bit of a different aspect in this number four, um, yeah, a lot of, I, I know a lot of people that uh, for some reason limit themselves to think that they can't work on their weaknesses and continue to build their strengths in a program. And I think... You're doing too many isolations. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's so silly because you can, you can definitely be working on both. Um, it's just a matter of, yeah, it's just a matter of how you actually structure your, structure your program because... Yeah. Obviously, like, we want to be consistently working on the things that we have as strengths right now because they're going to be what's really leading us in the right direction. Um, but working on your weaknesses is just as important. And unfortunately for a lot of people, uh, a big weakness that a lot of people have is positioning, like Jack was talking about, mm. because they never tend to work on it. It's always about doing... More weight. Yeah, it's all about doing more weight or trying to hit this exercise for more reps. And it's just like, sometimes trying to find an exercise that can better your positioning, like Jack was saying, the Romanian deadlift or um, even doing deficit deadlifts. Like, these can be detrimental to strengthening your weaknesses. And just uh, myself as a coach, I think a lot more people need to touch up on that and look at that as a weakness and start to try and build on it mm, yeah damn right so first of all just with that if you don't know what your weaknesses are go find a coach and if you don't know how to program to enhance your strengths go find a coach um, if you want to hit a bigger deadlift find a coach and if you don't agree with me find a coach because uh, <laughs> he'll tell you otherwise so will I um, so number five um, Possibly the most important for long in the long run, um, and that is progressively overload and measure. So this hurts my soul when you know actually it hurts my soul, and then I laugh, and then I have pity, and then I laugh again because <laughs> I left a commercial gym, and I you know I've I've seen people who were lifting before me since I've been in Australia around like four years ago. Um, and four years later, they look the exact fucking same. And what that is a sign that they have not progressively overloaded anything within their training program or measured what they're doing. Um, one, I reckon, because they don't know how to. And the second one is um, because they're just they're just not in it to win it. You know, if if you're going to be, ex I'm a big believer. If you're going to exercise, make sure that you you achieve and you see some some real physical changes because measuring 
exactly what you're doing can be the kick up the arse to you to go, hey, you're not really pushing yourself a 10 out of 10. You might think you are, but you've just never got to that 10. You're actually sitting at a six because you've been moving the 140 kilo deadlift now for six months and you're still wondering why you're not going up because you're trying to rep it for 10 and you then after deadlifts you go work biceps because you, you're a bro. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is very much a piggyback onto the last one um, and also you know progressive overloading and measuring really separates successful programs from useless programs so if your one rep max has not moved or your three rep max or just your overall physique has not got bigger that's that is a clear sign that you are not progressively overloading and if you cannot show me that you've been progressively overloading then you have not been measuring which means you suck and you, and Mark, like Mark Bell said <laughs> you're off the team so you know um, it, and there's plenty of things to go and progressive overload I'm actually going to just literally just start. I'm going to do another podcast on this one to talk about it because it's such an important topic it's really fucking important um, but Bells have you got anything you want to sort of hit on that to we'll start wrapping that up um, yeah just to finish it off guys uh, it's I hate repeating corny quotes because a lot of people don't take them seriously but Ooh, what um, you got <laughs> I, I love the quote of like, if you don't, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're just going to keep getting the same result. Um, so if you've been stuck on a certain 1RM for ages and you keep doing the same six reps at the exact same percentage, non-stop programming and program out, and you might put on 2.5 or 5 kilos onto that 1RM, or if not nothing, like don't be afraid to overload yourself. If your deadlift is 140 and you wanted to get get it to 160, maybe do your program off 150 or even 160 because as your body will start to adjust, and there's always going to be an adjustment period uh, at the start of a program and it's going to hurt like crazy, but you're going to just push through it because you're not mm, a bitch. <laughs> not a bitch. Um, <laughs> but you want to start to show your body that it can become stronger. And by you doing the same thing over and over again, it's never going to. You're, you're not even putting trust in, trust in it to go, oh, I probably could push this a little bit more. It's like, no, 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 we'll just keep it in the safe boundaries. You're not made of glass. Yeah. And sometimes you need a punch in the face just to <laughs> like understand that. Isn't it? Yeah, so step out of those boundaries that so many people have put on themselves. And I know even a few people might uh, have that are listening. And up your 1RM and go... Go take yourself to a whole new level. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag for the next level people listening out there. Um, oh. Or hashtag level up, which me and Betty are designing, but no, we're not. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, you know, those are the five the, um, five uh, ways to improve your deadlifts. They're not the only ways, but they're just five that we wanted to talk about today. They're some of the common mistakes that we see, um, or based off common mistakes that we see. So. Don't live to be average, fuck average. Make sure you dominate every day. Take control. If you need any help, give us a, a message um, and we'll happily run through anything here. Or if you have more questions, put a note in the comments. And follow us on Instagram. Message us at HQ Social. You know where we're at. Um, hashtag fuck average. <laughs> Just reading off the script now. <laughs> All right, so wrap that up, Bells. All right. Um, Bye. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs>